0: Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. So I want you to picture somebody who, as a child, is uh, you know, being emotionally abused. And, and as this person is being emotionally abused or emotionally neglected, and, and this is a young child, they internalize that they don't matter that they're not good enough. And I talked about this at the very end of the last episode. So if you missed that, go back and listen to that episode. But you have this child who, you know, is is inside really believing that they don't matter and that they're not good enough. And that is incredibly painful. It's incredibly painful to think about and to watch. And and do I feel horrible for people who experience that in childhood? Yes, I do. But then you've got this child who they can't you know, process this. They can't understand it. They can't lay blame where blame belongs, which are on parents who are being emotionally abusive or emotionally neglectful. But they can't do this as a child and they don't have help around them or people who can help them to understand and start to work through this. So instead what they do is they take that hurting self and they build a wall around it because they don't like how that internal shame feels. And so they put this wall around it that shoves this shame out of their awareness. And instead, they've got this wall of defensiveness, hypersensitivity. They've got a wall of of superiority. They have to prove to the world that they are good enough, that they do matter. And in that process of proving this to the world, they now learn survival skills that hurt everyone around them. This is what happens in the development of somebody who becomes, later in life, a narcissistic. And, and it just it develops all the way through. And, and I've talked about before how when a, when a child is so badly wounded that they build this wall, they grow physically, they grow mentally, you know, they go on and build a career, they certainly you know, do adult things later in life, but they don't grow emotionally. They can't because they are trapped behind this wall. I'm Renee Swanson, your host on the Covert Narcissism Podcast, and I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button or the follow button wherever you're listening to this podcast. It truly helps to extend the reach of this podcast, and in fact, it is the lifeline of this podcast. Now, in this environment where we've got this hurting child who has built this wall around them one other thing happens you see that wall cannot close all the way there's a gap in that wall because you can't entirely shut off those internal feelings that even no matter how deep they are and how hidden they are you can't close them off entirely that feeling of i don't matter and i'm not good enough is going to show its ugly head every now and then and, and so that gap in that wall gets covered by band-Aids, and these band-Aids are addictions. These band-Aids are what we use to cover uh, that, that sense of, "I don't matter, I'm not good enough. It's the self-soothing things that we turn to. So it can be addictions such as, you know, alcohol, drugs, sex. It can even be addictions such as work or church, hobbies, but it can even be relationships. That addiction can be an addiction to you you as the target of of this narcissistic person you as their supply you hear a lot about the word supply out there and and we're going to talk about supply and what that looks like but i'm going to tell you they're addicted to you in two different ways One piece of that supply is your validation that they are good enough, that they matter. Uh, You have to become their best cheerleader. You have to feed that ego, that sense of self that they are trying so hard to validate. That's one of the ways of supply. The other way that we become supply is we become an outlet for their anger. We become a supply for, you know, a, a reason that they're angry. Uh, in other words, their scapegoat. We become their punching bag and, and you are the reason I'm angry. So this is why you go on that roller coaster from being the best thing ever when you're feeding their ego to the worst thing ever when you're feeding their source of anger. So let's talk about these addictive relationships for a minute. Toxic relationships and relationships with narcissistic people are addictive for both sides of this. You see, you also uh, are addicted to them just like they're addicted to you. At least this is quite common in these relationships. But we're addicted in very different ways. So for a victim of narcissistic abuse, you are addicted to the love bombing. Now, what is love bombing? A lot of people say but, but they didn't treat me with, you know, uh, extravagant gifts and fancy trips or any of that. Love bombing doesn't necessarily involve extravagant gifts and cruises around the world or any of that kind of stuff. It's love bombing is when they become exactly what you are looking for in a relationship. Maybe it's that you love jazz music and you want to go to concerts. Maybe you're into camping and hiking or you like to travel abroad or maybe you just want to sit at home and have peaceful nights at home. Whatever it is that speaks to you, your love language, that's what they become. This is what love bombing is. They become your perfect match. They, they morph into your soulmate. You hear that a lot when people talk about, you know, he, they told me that I was their soulmate and that I was, you know, my husband said to me, this is why we were dating, that it's like you're the female version of me and I'm the male version of you. And hearing that now, it makes my skin crawl. Like, no, I don't want to be the female or male version of anybody except myself. But love bombing is that kind of language. And we become addicted to that love bombing because, um, you know, in the relationship, especially we become addicted to it because when things get bumpy and they do, even in healthy, normal relationships, it's those moments of love bombing that make us think, oh, we're okay. This relationship is good. You know, it brings us back to that, that peaceful place. And it's a relief from the anguish that we've been in and the anxiety that we've been in. So we start getting addicted to this. Now, intermittent reinforcement is when, as a, as a narcissistic person, they only start giving the love-bombing occasionally. Their behavior doesn't stay on this point of consistency here. They're on a roller coaster from, from love-bombing you to telling you that you're horrible and mean and treating you terrible. And so this back and forth and back and forth, when you get that intermittent reinforcement, you get those moments of peacefulness it's very easy to let that erase all the bad behavior. You know, one good evening with him, erased months of bad behavior, in my head at least. So love bombing, how this hooks us is love bombing gets smaller and smaller as you go. Now, let me tell you, this is before you get your eyes open. So when you first are in this relationship, you might, I'll give you an example. I love camping and hiking. And when I'm first in this relationship, you know, we'd take a weekend and we'd go camping. And he's like, yeah, I love camping and hiking too, which I later discovered, no, he really didn't. But at the time, yeah, I love camping, hiking. Let's go on a weekend of camping. And we did, and we had a good time. But then, okay, now we're back in the regular rhythm of life and things are getting rough. And so now he goes, "Okay, let's just go on a day hike. So we go on a day hike and that day hike just, oh my gosh, yes, this, this is great and wonderful. This brings me back to believing in the relationship and giving hope in the relationship. Well, then we're back in the grind of life and back in the pit of, you know, all the circular conversations and the gaslighting. Oh, but let's go out on a dinner date. Maybe just, you know, let's, and that dinner date erases all the bad behavior. Well, then, now we go a little further, and, okay, let me just get you a cup of coffee, and him fixing me a cup of coffee, and, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for, the, for you know, the attention from him. Do you see where I'm going here? I went from a weekend of camping to now he's bringing me a cup of coffee, and that's all it took to erase months of bad behavior. I get addicted to the relief that everything is okay. It's a dopamine hit that keeps you coming back more for, you know, coming back for more over. And over and keeps you hooked, believing that the relationship is good. This is trauma bonding. Okay, that roller coaster, that high just gets lower and lower and lower, but you become addicted to the breadcrumbs. Now, for the narcissistic person, that's not where their addiction is. They are addicted to the intense efforts that you put in to pull them out of the pit back to a moment of breadcrumbing listen to this again, they are addicted to the effort you put into the relationship that, to make everything okay again, to pull them out of their abusive behavior. Well, if that's where they're addicted, guess what? Then the abusive behavior has to keep repeating. So if you think of it like a roller coaster, their highs are the love bombing. Okay, when they're up here telling you that you are great and wonderful, and everything you ever do is everything you've ever done for them is amazing. All right, this is the love bombing phase, and then they're down in the pit, and in that pit they are blaming you for everything. Uh, everything you've ever done is horrible, and you're holding me back in life, and and it's all the gaslighting and the circular conversations. All right, so that's the roller coaster of a narcissistic personality. Now you're on that roller coaster with them. You're riding it right beside them. So every time they're up in the, in the love bombing phase, you're up there on cloud nine believing in this relationship. This is where the hope exists. This is where you are you know, just so convinced that, that life is wonderful with them. This is your normal. This is where you want to stay. They drop down in the pit. So you're down there with them. Oh, what did I do wrong? What did I, I'll never say it that way again. I have to make sure you know, that I, that I prove to him that I care and prove that I'm compassionate. And you start making your checklist of all the things you have to do. And you put in all the effort to pull this relationship back up to a good place. That pull back up to the good place is what the narcissistic person is addicted to. In order to keep their supply coming from you, They have to keep you feeling responsible for that pit. They have to keep you feeling guilty for their bad feelings and thus their bad behavior. And they become extremely good at this. Okay, their bad feelings, when they feel angry, justifies any action from them. They can go zero to 100 with their anger because it's your fault. It's like a free pass for their anger. And so they then are the ones yelling and screaming or they're the ones being the victim in the corner and and all hurt and upset. It doesn't matter what they do. The manipulative behavior that they do is all justified because they are angry at you for whatever it is that you did. Just enough truth in what they say, okay, they're angry because you asked them to take the trash out, okay, okay you did ask them to take the trash out. So there's just enough truth in it. Maybe I didn't ask it the right way. I should be more sensitive to this. This goes back to the perception episode that we just talked about. So go back and listen to that if you missed it. But- In this conversation with them, there is truth in, I did just ask them to take the trash out. And it's just enough truth to keep you hooked that this is all your fault. You now put in all the effort to make sure, you know, hey, I didn't didn't mean to say it that way. I'm so sorry. I will be more careful of that. I'll get the trash. Don't worry about it. That's the part they are addicted to. So how do we break this cycle of addictive relationships? This is a process. It takes time. It takes effort. Okay, time is not enough all by itself. I have people ask me often, how long should I stay out of a relationship before I enter another relationship in order to get out of this cycle? You know, I've got this whole cycle of bad relationships. I've been in, you know, narcissist after narcissist after narcissist. How do I stop this? And, and my answer to them is, is it, it's not a specific amount of time. There is no... Magic formula. There is no magic number. I've met with people who've been out for eight years, but they're no further along on that healing journey than if they just got out yesterday. I've had other people who've been out for like two months and they are so far on the healing journey that it's like they've been out for several years. Okay, so it's not just about time, it's about effort. It's about you really, truly self reflecting. You learning about you, what is it that kept you addicted to this? What is it that, that in you that it caused you to overlook all of this bad behavior, to make excuses for it, to justify it, and to keep getting hooked by the breadcrumbs? I am not saying it's your fault that you were in an abusive relationship. I will never say that. But there are pieces inside of us that cause us to stay hooked in them so put in the effort and put in the time on all of that if you look at addictions as a cover for these internal wounds then you need to heal the wounds and when you heal the wounds the need for the addictions go away go back to that picture that i was drawing at the very beginning of the internal shame okay shame does not serve a good purpose in life guilt does guilt and shame are different. Guilt is, I did something bad, and let me go fix it. Guilt motivates us to go make things right with somebody when we've hurt them. But shame, shame is not like that. Guilt says, I did something bad. Shame says, I am bad. Shame is toxic, and it is destructive. Okay, it doesn't have a place. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be there. So if those internal wounds are, I don't matter, I'm not good enough, and those voices are inside of you where you're just, even the slightest fear that it might be true is enough to keep you hooked to addictions. You have covered this with this addictive relationship. And if you heal the wounds, then you don't need an addictive relationship anymore. You can pull the band-aids off of all the different addictions that, that might be, uh, you know, appealing to you, the soothing, the self-soothing things that you are turning to. So listen to those internal wounds, voice them. Which one of these resonates with you? I don't matter. I'm not good enough. Nobody likes me. Everything is my fault. I can't do anything right. I'm broken. Do any of these resonate with you? If so, write it down. And then beside each one, write the answer to this question. Who taught you this? Who taught you that you don't matter? Where did you learn it? Now, the next question is, what do you believe? Decide for yourself whether you believe it or not. Identify where you learned it, but now learn to validate inside of you what you believe. What are your perceptions about all of this? Okay, this in validating yourself, you will no longer be vulnerable to other people's gaslighting, energy stealing, guilting, blaming, and manipulating. If you take the phrase, I matter, I want you to ask yourself, what does that mean? What does it mean to matter? What does it really look like? If you take the phrase, I'm good enough, by whose definition? What is that definition? What is my definition of good enough? Work to be safe within your own skin. Giving yourself the safety that you are after. So now you know what it looks like and you know what it feels like inside your own skin. And then you will know it when you see it in the world. The more and more you can give yourself safety, no more self-judgment, safety within you, the more you will see it and recognize it when it's there in the world. It does exist. I can vouch for that. But find it inside of you first. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.